Hello, Falava. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Foon. Coming up... The fact that the decision was cabled without a major group in the room, which represents one of the most vulnerable groups in the world, is unacceptable. Pacific climate leaders say the new COP28 deal doesn't go far enough. Also, find out about the unique voyage home for hundreds of Pukapuka and Nassau nationals in time for Christmas. And later... It's like a coming-of-age story about like having to let go of your past self. Pacifica social media influencers collaborate to make the first Polynesian-themed zombie movie. Pacific climate leaders are critical of the new COP28 deal released overnight after marathon negotiations. The deal calls on all countries to move away from the use of fossil fuels, but does not include explicit calls to phase out or phase down. Caleb Fotheringham has the details. COP28 President Sultan Aljabar called the deal to phase out the global use of fossil fuels historic, a first-of-its-kind deal signalling the eventual end of the oil age. But Pacific climate advocates are feeling less optimistic. Shortly after the standing ovation when the agreement was passed, lead negotiator Anne Rasmussen for the Alliance of Small Island States shared her disappointment about the nature of how the final decisions were made. It seems that you just gaveled the decisions and the small island developing states were not in the room. We were working hard to coordinate the 39 developing states that are disproportionately affected by climate change, and so we were delayed in arriving here. Marshall Islands Head of Delegation John Silk was equally critical. The fact that the decision was cabled without a major group in the room, which represents one of the most vulnerable groups in the world, is unacceptable. But Mr Silk says leaders will need to make the best of the less-than-ideal situation. He says king tides are eroding shorelines and wells are becoming saline. I came from my home island to work with you, all to solve the greatest challenge of our generation. I came here to build a canoe together for my country. Instead, we had built a canoe with a weak and leaky hull, full of holes. Yet we have to put it into the water because we have no other option. A statement released from an Alliance of Small Island States spokesperson says the new text was an improvement from the draft, which Pacific leaders likened to signing a death warrant but it still did not go far enough. The spokesperson says there are loopholes and no invitation for parties to peak emissions by 2025. Sindra Sharma, senior policy advisor at the Pacific Islands Climate Action Network, says the agreement will not keep global warming below the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold. This level of incremental progress, it really doesn't feel like progress at all. The COP28 decision has called on nations for the first time to transition away from fossil fuels. Sharma says it's taken too long to get to this point. The source of climate change really is fossil fuels. So to have 30 years later or 28 years later to have the mention of fossil fuels in a text is a little bit of a joke. Ms Sharma says their team from the Pacific Islands Climate Action Network will continue analysing the final text over the coming days. Pacific climate leaders say the deal doesn't go far enough, considering many island nations are already bearing the brunt of climate change. Close to 200 Pukapuka and Nassau nationals living overseas are making their way home for Christmas. The two isolated atolls are the westernmost islands of the Cook Islands. Some of the travellers left as children over 20 years ago. 
and are now returning with children of their own. Tiana Haxton was in Laratonga this morning as they departed on board the Lady Samoa 4. There were waves of emotion at Avachu Wharf as hundreds gathered to see off the community. The majority have been living in Australia and New Zealand and haven't been home in decades. Itzi Amosa is one of the 177 passengers travelling home for the holidays. It's important to us to go home because we've been to Australia and New Zealand for a while. So we want to go and see our parents, our family there, to enjoy there for the Christmas and the New Year. It's a long-awaited homecoming for many. On board is Eddie Rutera, who is looking forward to reuniting with her family in Pukapuka. My mom's over there, uh, siblings there. Oh, I can't wait to see them yet. It means a lot to me because it's been a long time away from Pukapuka, so it's nice. Some are heading home with a new family in tow. Tui Maruraya Mosa has made the journey from Brisbane with three of her children, all of whom have never been to Pukapuka. She moved away 22 years ago and is eager to share her culture with her young family. Culture is a big part of what they learn at school and taking them back home and seeing the lifestyle that their parents used to live is an amazing feeling. It means a lot to me because I'm coming back with my children. Their destinations, Pukapuka and Nassau, are two of the most remote islands in the country. Pukapuka has a population under 500 and Nassau boasts a whopping 90. Due to their isolation, travel to and from the islands can cost thousands of dollars. The travellers reached out to the Cook Islands government for support, who responded by subsidising the travel costs on board Lady Samoa. Shipping coordinator of the finance ministry, Louis Enoka, says the process has sparked a drive to make such trips a regular occurrence. It's huge. It's opened our eyes to different things that are happening in the future, and I think we are going to plan better for it in the future. We look at it as we've opened the new door. Let's see if we can do this on a more regular basis. Enoka says the ministry will now be looking to form partnerships to make this an annual service. We'll build relationships with other countries on our perimeter who have boats that can carry 100-plus passengers, and we'll work towards that. We've just got to finesse it and fine-tune it, and if we can do this... Once a year, for whatever island needs support, we'll work towards it. The Lady Samoa departed Rarotonga at 10.30 Thursday morning and will be at sea for up to a week before the 177 make it home just in time for Christmas. Pacific fisheries experts who were on a recent trip to Iceland say they have learned a lot from the country, including its utilisation of the entire fish and byproducts, as well as a science-led management approach. In October, Pacific fisheries leaders explored Iceland's latest practices and technologies in sustainable fisheries management, best practice in handling of raw fish material, and looked at how Iceland has managed and developed a thriving private fisheries sector. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with the Executive Officer for the Vanuatu Fisheries Ministry, Christopher Arthur, while the visitors were still in Europe and began by asking, why Iceland? Iceland is one of the leading countries in terms of uh, fisheries management as well as uh, development. It took uh, around 20 years, or 40, sorry, 40 years ago, uh, Iceland was was uh, kind of similar like 
the Pacific. Uh, it was one of the poorest countries in the world, but uh, in terms of management and development, they were very fast. And uh, I think there were some systems in place which they used and uh, Iceland being an island uh, like Pacific, uh, we have, they have the fish as well as we have the fish. And uh, our challenge as well is that uh, despite that we have our fish, our challenge is that uh, uh, we still have more rooms yet in terms of uh, uh, management and fully utilizing the maximum benefits of our fish. So we thought that uh, uh, getting this experience from Iceland uh, might help us with some ideas on how we could uh, better uh, manage and develop our fisheries resources, which is one of the only renewable resources that uh, uh, most of us in, in the Pacific we have. What are some of the things that you've uh, visited, observed, um, uh, discovered in terms of what Iceland does that you think uh, have some, I guess, translation or something that the Pacific could draw on in terms of lessons? Iceland have uh, done a lot. Um, they started with uh, good uh, uh, science, uh, data management, um, uh, translating the, that uh, those uh, scientific information into good policy. And from there on, uh, decisions are made based on those policies. And one of the system is the quota management system, which they have. It's, it, uh, it helps them a lot. Uh, it values their resources, uh, keeps the stock in a sustainable manner, which they're still enjoying it. And um, it really value adds uh, their resources and um, they're making full potential out of it. It is one of the uh, highest uh, exporting uh, products contributing to uh, the GDP of the country. And um, yes, and it is, it is because of this quarter management uh, system, which uh, they have. And um, this quarter management system also helps them to um, make good decisions in terms of uh, fully utilizing their fish, uh, in terms of uh, the, the meat that is uh, uh, traded, uh, as well as the byproducts of uh, the fish, uh, which includes the skin, bones, uh, heads, tails. And it, it is more interesting in terms of that uh, these byproducts are, are highly valuable in, in, in the market. The other is that... Um, through uh, developing the, the fishery sector, they, they have a whole complete process in terms of production, uh, value chain. And then we have um, companies uh, playing their role in terms of uh, providing the jobs, uh, as well as um, they have institutions such as universities um, and uh, uh, other institutions that are uh, they pull in resources together to, to support the industry. Uh, they, 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 we talk about uh, factories. They have high-tech companies that provide uh, machines, high-tech machines that they use in the processing facilities uh, and, and so forth. Pacific on social media influencers have collaborated to make the first Polynesian-themed zombie movie, Set in Auckland, it stars TikTok celebrities such as Uskang, Toral Taufa and Uncle Tix. Final Fonua has more. The last Samoan zombie follows four friends, two Samoans, one Maori and one Tongan, as they encounter the undead in a zombie apocalypse. It's a horror comedy 
mixing science fiction with Polynesian mythology and South Auckland humor. According to its director Jermaine Leaf, the movie has a deeper meaning than just fighting off the Walking Dead. It's like a coming-of-age story about like having to let go of your past self. And as these boys who are in the changing room, it's the first half. They're kind of mucking around. Each of them have a story that we we tell. Each of those stories develop, but there's there's a twist on that, and it ties in with kind of like a past self or the undead inside of you that has to be killed. You know, they step out of the changing rooms, and then it's. They look back and the door shuts the rest of their team and they're like, oh, what happened here? And this is our metaphor. The most well-known actor in the movie is Kiwi Samoan social media star Uskang. He boasts over 1.3 million followers on TikTok, 357,000 followers on Instagram, and 165,000 subscribers on YouTube. Experienced in producing comical skits, The Last Someone Zombie is Uts Gang's film debut. I would say a lot more time goes into making uh, movies, and there's a, a bigger crew, so that's one thing. And um, yeah, it's just me and the environment. Like for skits, it's, it's real easy. It's just me and my mate, me and one of the boys, and we just quick record. Social media celebrity Tarel Tafa says making social media videos is a uniquely solo effort compared to the film set where actors are well taken care of. From makeup artists to sound men, Tafa says movies involve a lot more collaboration and team efforts. Coming from the content world, like the influencer space, we do everything on our own. Like we shoot, edit produce, direct. All these titles that I didn't even know existed exist here um, and people are like, oh, do you want water? Can I help you with this? Surviving a zombie apocalypse has arguably become a genre of its own. Virtually every film industry from Bollywood to Korean movies have featured their own versions. One of the cast, Tong and TikTok star Elvis Lopetti, says the movie depicts how Pacific Islanders would react in the events of a zombie attack. The difference is we are not scared of the zombies. We don't run away from them. We like to challenge them and beat them up too. And we just like to test out, see how far we can get close to the zombies and then laugh at them and then run away. I think that's the whole thing about it. Everyone likes to do these scary zombie movies and everyone's like, ah, the zombie's chasing me. But us, we like to go and um, explore what's going on. We're very nosy, um, nosy people. The Last Zombie Apocalypse premieres on December 20th. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, Tall Fast Way 4.